Welcome to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Glasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. everyone and welcome back to Out of the Box with Christine. I am your host of course, of course, Christine Blasdale and I am so happy. I am jazzed about today's show. And so I'm really happy that you tuned in. You got to tell your friends about the show. You got to share the show when it's over. Please, please do because my guest is a phenomenal woman, just a genius. Her name is Susie Pruden and she is the co-founder of Itty Bitty Publishing and her story, her her life story is absolutely inspiring. It's something that I would think so many of us need to hear right now. But um, her uh, publishing company, she put together with her sister, uh, Joan, and they wrote the original book was the Itty Bitty Weight Loss book. And they discovered this amazing, unique blend of publishing and business opportunity together. And since they founded the Itty Bitty Publishing um, uh, Company, they have, well, she's going to tell you the success of this 15 simple informative steps steps by experts in their field of all kinds. And I'm so, so excited to welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, Susie Pruden. Susie, welcome to the show. Thank you. And thank you for that fabulous introduction. Well, I didn't even get into the whole thing about how at age two you took the, the stage and it was... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, people ask me why am I so comfortable on stage? I said, well, I've been performing since I'm two. Please tell our listeners that story because I like before we get into like the 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 nitty gritty about the itty bitty. I love <laughs> to let people know, um, you know where, oh, where our guests where they are, where they come from, how they got to where they are today. And you have I saw your talk, your TED talk, by the way, and that was phenomenal. I would love for you to give our listeners an idea of how you got to where you are today. And I know it's a little Reader's Digest version, but if how you don't, how much time do we have? <laughs> you know, you're a great storyteller. You know how to do it. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so when I was two, my, my first of all, my mother was the nation's foremost fitness authority. She started a school fitness school in 1947 when I was four. And but before that, it, it was she used to just invite kids over and teach them movement. And and then we would put on shows. And when I was two, the person who was supposed to lead the elephants across the stage or something like that uh, didn't show up. So my mother put the mask on me and said, go. So I did. And I've been going ever since. <laughs> and it, it's it's interesting because I'm, I'm nervous every time I'm on stage. And I'm, I've literally been on stage off and on since I'm two. The first time I did the Today Show, I think I was 13. It was 9, no, 14. It was in 1954 when, when the Today Show actually did two broadcasts because there wasn't the connection yet between East and West Coast. Wow. 
Yeah, it, and 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 it was it was live then it, twice. It was live um, for the for the New York show and then for the California show. That was with Dave Garraway, and I did that in 1954. That was the first time. And then, um, I mean, my career is amazing, and it 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 all happened serendipitously, if I pronounce that word correctly. Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, good. And uh, everything I've done has been like magic, and I've had super successes unbelievable successes where I had my own show on NBC in New York when I was a fitness expert I doing what my mother taught me and uh, written 14 books and my name I started my first company when I was 22 in New York City was a fitness school and um, my name has been on everything and so four years ago when my sister and I were working on the because I was in weight loss for a while I'm skipping all over the place. I, um, we wrote a book. We were told to write a small book. And we wrote a small book. We've never written small books before. And we were in the weight loss industry. We called it Susie Pruden's Itty Bitty Weight Loss Book. And we did the usual uh, 2,000 copies that you bought in 2006. I think I had 1,800 left. And it was an ugly book and it was not, it, it was a it was a good book informationally it was a bad book in terms of it didn't look very good mm-hmm. so my sister who had been doing publishing while i ran the um coaching business i asked her if she'd change the cover and make it a little smaller and she did and the cover was good because we'd used it in advertising and I'd seen that it worked. But what I didn't notice right at the beginning and then I noticed it was she took my name off the cover. It wasn't Susie Pruden's Itty Bitty Weight Loss book. It was your amazing Itty Bitty Weight Loss book. My ego had a moment. <laughs> and then as I'm looking at it, I said, do, do you want my name off? She said, I don't care. And I'm looking. I said, actually, I called my sister Petey. Her name is Joan. And the reason she... She's Petey to me. Is my mother wanted five boys. She's the oldest, and so she was supposed to be Peter. So we always called her Petey. Oh, cute. And um, I said, she said, I don't care. And I looked at it. And I said, actually, this is a million-dollar business, and we don't have to write the books. Yeah. And we were in business four days later. We had our first author two weeks later. We had our first published book six weeks later I don't know I honestly don't know how many books we have up I think about 70 now up online we've done we're four years old we've done 51 bestseller campaigns we have 51 bestsellers we're doing our 52nd this week and I know it's going to make bestseller within the within hours it's on Alzheimer's what what it what excites me about itty bitty is that when I meet somebody and they tell me what they do I automatically see it as an itty bitty book that can turn into a multi million dollar business. Mm. And isn't that beautiful in this day and age? Too, yeah. Right? Yeah, because it's going to be the entrepreneur, seriously, that saves this country. Yes. Uh, and I yes. think it's going to be the woman entrepreneur. Oh, let's talk about that, Susie, because. I've got to say in the last year, two years, there has been an explosion of women entrepreneurs who, you know, either they've been underemployed or they've been employed and not appreciated or not paid what they're worth. 
uh, or they have had that moment where they say, you know what, why am I working for someone else and not, you know, and I dread on Mondays driving into work or they have another passion that they don't get to express and 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 um and gift to the world because they're told well you got to you know you you got to pay the bills you got to be responsible you can't do that you need to do this a 9 to 5 you know uh all those all those stories that we tell ourselves right those beliefs um you have to struggle and work really hard in order to be successful in the last 2 years and i would especially this last year there has just been an explosion of women entrepreneurs really Getting out there and becoming extremely successful. Yes, extremely successful, and 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 multi million dollars and and billion dollar businesses, and it's really about giving yourself permission to step out there. And one of the problems that women face is that they've been told that they're not supposed to do that. I was very very lucky growing up in that my mother was an entrepreneur even though she didn't know it and I watched her struggle but I didn't get where the struggle was it just was there but here she was a woman in the 50s in business on her own that was unheard of it was unheard of so I didn't have uh, uh, we had a housekeeper who made the cookies, not my mother, when I came home from school. Right. My mother was in business, and she was very, very successful. She helped start the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. Wow. And um, in the 70, 76, she created a healing modality called myotherapy, which erases 98% of all pain that's caused in the muscular system. Mm-hmm. So if you have a backache, you'd go to her and she'd stick her elbow in your butt and a couple of other places and on, on your lower back and on your thigh or wherever. She, she created this whole system that healed. And uh, it was, she's quite an amazing role model. And whenever she was tired of one thing, she just made up something else, which is kind of what I do. I love that. You, you adapt you adapt and you and and um your your perception on what is possible uh p- probably because you saw that with your mom um is is really unique and if you don't mind i would love for you to tell our listeners you had an interesting i mean you have have an interesting uh childhood um you were your family was quite wealthy, correct? I was born very rich. I love to start my seminars with that. <laughs> I was born very rich. That's the best opening line. It really is. It really is. Boy, do I catch people by surprise. It's like most of the time it's I was born under a cabbage patch. No, I was born rich, and I mean really rich. And, and, and I was a one percenter. And... Um, but at the same time, my family was very nice. Um, my grandparent, my grandfather's parents owned the richest private bank in Europe and which saved them during the Holocaust because oh, right. my grandfather used to go over to Germany during the war with falsified visas and get Jews out. And when it time, came time to get the family out, they, the Nazis took the bank and my, fam- my fa- grandfather took the family. And got 31 of them out. Wow. Um, 
But I was brought up with chauffeurs and houses in various parts of the U.S. and Florida, Vermont, Westchester County, outside New York. Um, my, my mother built her house in Massachusetts. I mean, and I had summers in in Wyoming and Colorado and Europe and boarding schools. And in when I was in college, um, my mother told me very mistakenly that I couldn't date the boy I was dating, so I married him. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> What else do you do, right? <laughs> you know, and then figure it out. And it was very hard because we had no money. He went back to school and it was my job to support him. And then we decided to have a baby at the same time. This was a little, two years into the marriage. I had worked at menial jobs. I mean, I didn't have any skills. And, but I knew the last job I had, I was a gal Friday and I was fired in April. And I decided I didn't want to work for anybody ever again. So what my husband and I did is we decided we we're going to open up an art gallery in Massachusetts near where I went to school and where my mother's house was. So we were living in Greenwich Village and we put an ad in the Village Voice. I haven't told this story. Put an ad in the Village Voice looking for art on consignment. Well, we filled an art gallery. And then we went up to Massachusetts and spent the summer there selling art. And came back to New York, and I had to figure something out, so I started teaching exercise, and I asked my mother if I could use her name, and she said yes. We lived in a five-floor walk-up, five-flight walk-up, and I figured everybody got in shape just walking up to my apartment. <laughs> and I started there, and then we moved to the Upper West Side, and I my, my business just began to grow. And then one of my clients, this is a wonderful story, one of my clients asked me, You'll get such a kick out of this. If she could invite a friend to come watch my classes. I had two classes, one for toddlers and one for mothers and children. And I said, sure. And she said she works for the Times. And I said, fine. I didn't know anything. So she brings a reporter from the New York Times and a photographer who spent three hours with me, two watching my classes and one talking. And I I hadn't washed my hair. I had a hole in my tights. I didn't have any makeup on. I didn't know. Three weeks later, there's a three-quarter page story in the New York Times. Holy moly. And three large photographs. I had 12 students the day the reporter came to my studio. I rented it by the hour. Three days after the article, I had 75. Yes. <laughs> and an assistant. And an assistant. Well, yeah, because you had to have somebody help you with all this. I mean, people. I was just, and then that was, and, and, and it, it just grew. And then, and then, of course, once the Times does an article on you, somebody then other, else wants to do it. Of somebody course. Somebody else wants to do yes. it. And then AP wanted to. And it was, it was just, it was miraculous. And, this, and so I, I became an overnight success after, I don't know, three years of struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this story, there are millions of stories. One of my favorite, which I did tell um, in my TED Talk, was that after I did fitness, I went into the body-mind technology pioneering. I mean, I was way ahead of, my, of people in the 80s talking about the body-mind connection. And I met and became friends with Louise Hay. Oh, and yeah. She used to come over to my house and we'd exercise together. And one time we were exercising and her, her hip hurt. And I said, well, you wrote the book on it. What does it mean? 
What and does she, it mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot what she told oh. me. I something about balance. She was out of balance somewhere. I don't know. And I had this brilliant idea. I said, Louise, why don't we do a video together? I'll do the exercises and you do the affirmations for the body parts. And so we did. And then I wrote a book called Metafitness, which is the book that got me on the Oprah show. Wow. And the, the show was all about how the body and the mind work together. And eight, this is the best part. Eight months later, I was homeless. Whoa. Yep. I did not know how to handle mm. that. And I wasn't paying attention to money. And I wasn't making any at the time. A little here, a little there. But when you have that kind of explosion in your career, you need people around you to help you. Yes. And I didn't have any. I didn't have a team. Right, right. So I ended up homeless, which was a fascinating experience because I was a famous person. <laughs> Who came from a very rich family. Who came from a rich family, and now I'm broke and homeless. And, and I knew it was, it was a gift from God, and I knew it. It was sort of like, well, you have some stuff to learn, Susie. And if you're not going to listen one way or another, I guess you're going to have to listen this way. Wow. And yeah. so I spent 10 months um, be, being very creative. And I never was on the street. I always had a friend's place to stay. I never was in my car. But, for example, I would drive into Rancho La Puerta on a Saturday morning. It's a five-star spa in Tecate, Mexico, because I was going to be teaching there because I'm famous. All right. <laughs> and uh, drive in on Saturday morning. Seriously, not knowing where I was going to be sleeping the following Saturday night. And I did that for 10 months, and it was a fascinating experience. I ended up in Maui teaching for two weeks and then going to school there for six weeks. You relied upon your imagination <laughs> and also um, knowing that you were going to be okay, right? Yes, I did. And I trusted God. And I used to say, okay, God, where do you want me? Where do you want me? I Yes. Where do you want me? What do you want me to do? And some, I had some pretty scary experiences, but I always knew that there was support there. Gary Zukoff, who wrote the Dancing Wooly Masters and Seat of the Soul, uh, we were presenting at a conference together in Northern California. We were having dinner. And I don't know how this topic came up. And he said, so what did you do, Susie? How did you do it? And without thinking, I said, I leaned back into the arms of God. Mm. And I think that for a lot of people, that's woo-woo. But it's, it's, it's not. It's like, it just made sense to me. I am not a quote-unquote religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. Yes. And it really felt right. And I, I did not feel as if I was going to fall off the planet. Indeed, you didn't. And and look where you're at right now. What you're doing, um, and and you know what you're doing with the itty bitty books is you're also allowing others to uh, to have that experience of 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 being a best selling author of getting their story out and helping others. And this is what's so exciting about 
about the work that you do because it's not just about you. And this is why I wanted you on the show too, because I, you know, there's a lot of, you can have a lot of people, men and women who are very successful in their career, whatever it is, if it's sports or politics or um, health, that's great. That's wonderful. But I really love people who help other people become successful in life. To me, that is, I mean, that's a job or that's a profession that um, I think is, is, is a gift in itself because it, it's amazing to see this happen with others. So will you explain to people, too, um, a little bit about Itty Bitty, Itty Bitty Books and this, and this whole publishing idea and, and, and maybe some of the people that you've worked with and that you have published who've become best-selling authors, um, some of the topics that they've, that they've covered? It is so much fun. First of all... I'm a business strategist, I'm also a hypnotherapist, and a coach. And so I bring all of my tools to the to the table. And when I'm working with an author, we, first of all, our, our authors are not, quote, authors, per se, in that their profession is not writing. They are experts in a particular field. Yes. So, for example, we're doing a bestseller campaign this week, and the book is on Alzheimer's. The gentleman who wrote the book, the doctor, is is not an author, but he is a doctor and he specializes in Alzheimer's. He's the perfect person to write this book. Yes. And his next book is going to, he's also an, this is interesting, he's also an expert on CBD. So that's the next book he's working on. Yeah. And then he's also an expert on the keto. I mean, the guy's a genius. So when somebody, when I see that, I'm, I can be a little aggressive and I'll say, you know, you really have to write this book. It's 15 steps. It's two pages each. It's done this. There's no story in it. It's about what it is you do and how people can read your book, get the information, and in 20 minutes. And then you take it and you, as the author, create webinars, seminars, workshops, programs. You send people to your website. You have articles on your topic. You create a relationship with and this is important, you create a relationship with your reader. Yes. So they always want more. And by wanting more, I just spoke to one of my authors. He's our golden, we call him our golden boy. He actually was the second person to sign up to write an itty bitty book. I, this is funny, I met him at a workshop. We were having lunch. And I knew everybody there except him. And I was all excited because itty bitty was like one month old. And I had flyers. These were the first flyers I had. And I passed them out to everybody. And I, I'm, I'm jumping out of my chair. I'm so excited. He signed up, gave me his credit card, and said, I'm in. I didn't even know his last name. I just met him. Right, right. He's on his fourth book now. Mm. He has um, two bestsellers and one in the wings. He leaves on Friday for Australia. He's grown his business from 100000 to $750,000 a year in two and a half years. He goes to Australia now six times a year. He goes to England where he teaches. He goes to Dubai. And this is from his itty bitty book. Is he going? He's going to Australia um, uh, to promote the book, or to to with um, like a speaking, like speaking in in seminars. No, and he's been hired <gasps> to. He goes and does his sales training in various corporations in Australia. Oh my gosh! Yeah. 
Oh, I've just and got that's goosebumps. That's book, and he, he, yeah. he, he's so cute. He calls my sister and me his fairy godmothers. Oh, you, you are. <laughs> and because he had no idea he could do this, and and then another. Um, I'm looking at my books. Um, oh, this is a wonderful story. I love my clients. I absolutely adore most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love how honest you are. <laughs> There's, there's a couple that um, yeah 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 not easy and um, but I look at it it's that they're just people and when they're upset it's real to them and so I have to really get out of my ego yeah which I you know I tell you get, being homeless after Oprah can really knock your ego around mm. and um, so. I used to belong to an organization called CEO Space. We met in Las Vegas five times a year for seven days. And people came from all over the world, and it was a networking organization and a teaching organization. And the last day, we have a very special event where people exchange cards, and they say what they need, they're looking for, and people give them cards. And This woman came up to me, and what are you looking for? I said, clients. I, I, I want to help you write a book she said I'd like to write a book called the following week I'm very good at follow up follow through called the next week made an appointment and I talked to her and I said so tell me about yourself she said well I'm a full-blooded gypsy I said okay she said I am a disabled vet I said okay she said I'm a spiritual teacher I said okay and I'm a marijuana dispenser I said, okay, what do you want to write about? She goes, I don't know, spiritual coaching? And you know what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I said, well, what's the low-hanging fruit? She said, I don't know. I said, it's pot. Why don't you write the book, Your Amazing Itty Bitty Marijuana Book, 15 Ways to Use Cannabis for Healing. Yes. He said, how did you do that? I said, that's what I do. And then you're going to write the book, 15 Ways to Talk to Your Kids About Cannabis. Then you're going to write the book, 15 Ways to Use Edibles Correctly. Then you're going to create a certification program and you're going to certify cannabis coaches. She said, I want to do Mary Jane parties. I said, so all of your cannabis coaches are certified to do Mary Jane parties. And so she did. And I went to her first cannabis coaching. I'm, I'm a certified cannabis coach. And, but I learned so much. Yes. It's a fascinating history. And she called me crying one day. I said, what's wrong? She said, these are happy tears. I said, what's making you happy? She said, I just sold 61 people into my cannabis coaching program and made $92,000. Ninety two grand. Yeah. Now, granted... One third of it went to product that she was giving people product, but I mean the paraphernalia that goes with cannabis. She wasn't selling pot itself. Yes, right. But um, it was just so fun. Now she's coming down here. I'm not quite sure. Down here being Los Angeles, when we had a conversation a couple of days ago, and uh, she's trying to figure out how to make it down here so we can put on a cannabis coaching program down here hey, uh, the history of cannabis is fascinating oh it is it, it absolutely is and the, the hemp I mean just the, the whole marijuana uh, plant itself and, and hemp um, is is phenomenal and 
here now the CBD, I mean, just the the uh, marketplace for CBD-based products is exploded. Yes. Because That's it what works. I'm excited about our next book. We do have a CBD book, and now we're going to get another one. And um, it's, yeah, it it, it is a, a wonderful. Did you know that before marijuana was banned, um, farmers had to put aside 10% of their land to grow hemp? No. Oh. Because it was such a phenomenal product. Well, it is. And, yeah, it grows like a weed. Hello. Well, more than that is it. It, it it's used. It was used in clothing, in um, healing, paper products, um, right? Paper. Yeah, paper products, and even Henry Ford built a car out of hemp. Get out of here. Yep, and they, it was indestructible. They tried to smash it apart; it wouldn't smash apart. So hemp was very much in the way of the industrial revolution, so to speak, because the steel manufacturers didn't want it because it was stronger than steel. The drug companies didn't want it because it, it worked. So many, it, yeah, it worked. <laughs> um, and this, I, I learned all of this when I became a cannabis coach. Now I've not done anything with it because I'm too busy publishing books, but that's an example of one of our books. Um, another, another one is uh, a woman who specializes in QuickBooks. And she wrote a, uh, a book on QuickBooks. She was, she was at a conference, a QuickBooks conference, and she had her uh, bookmark. She didn't have her book yet. She had a bookmark with a picture on it, and she's talking to a gentleman in the elevator and about her 15-step uh, QuickBooks book. And he said, well, what are you looking for? And he, she said, I want to meet the man who who books the speakers for QuickBooks. And he said, well, you're talking to him. <laughs> wow. So she started speaking for QuickBooks. Then another woman who was a hypnotherapist who used to give her Fridays to a homeless shelter and t trying to teach, shift the mindset of the women who were there so that they could get out and stay out and be okay. Mm -hmm. And that was her give back. And she wrote the book and got a $25,000 grant. Wow. Wow. To do what she was doing for nothing. So these are the stories and the authors. And the authors for me are, are real people. They're people that are, that, that they have experience or passion or not, or wonderful knowledge. And here's the thing too, Susie. Well, you already know this. The um, possibilities with the itty bitty um, uh, books are endless. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's endless. And it, it, it just it boggles my mind. And because my mind goes into hyperspace when I'm talking to an author, I start rattling off ideas faster than they can. I, I just say, tape me, please, because I will not remember what I'm saying. And I know exactly where you have to go. No, it's that's very, very smart to, to, to because, you know, you'll come up with some an amazing idea and if and if you do not write it it's oh, it'll it'll escape that person's mind and they'll go oh my god what was it that we said what we was it, it yeah. can, can you repeat that no yeah no, <laughs> no. it was but in a stream have, of consciousness I have, yeah i have the attitude say yes and figure it out yes yes and that's always what i've done and with itty bitty it was a, it was a god gift both my sister and i knew it the moment it happened it, it was almost as if it's almost as if a light came into the room. 
Well, it was a gift. It was it was a God gift to you and to your sister and to all of these um, all of these wonderful people that now have a best selling book. They they can say I'm a best selling author. Yes, and that and, immediately and, and catapults them. And as we know from the the wonderful Craig Doeswald, who is a marketing and branding genius, um, when you have when you're an author. You are um, perceived as an expert in your field, and then all yes. those other things kind of like you said. You then you get booked for for speaking engagements, and then more comes and more comes, and maybe the New York Times will come and do a photo shoot of you. <laughs> right? I'm ready. Yes, <laughs> you got your and hair done now. <laughs> now I know what I'm doing. I mean, I got I, I did 18 national tours because I wrote so many books, and. Um, it, it is it is a, a skill and and it really works, um, but the it, it the itty bitty it it was a, it was an it wasn't we didn't wake up that morning. My sister was visiting me over the holidays, thinking that we were going to be doing this company. It, it happened literally in a flash, mm-hmm. and and since then we've also created Legacy Press because some people really want to tell their whole story. And this is very funny. My sister hates story. She hates it. <laughs> it it's not even a mild dislike. <laughs> she, she apps, and, and she's very, and she voices her disapproval. And so we, I have some authors who really want to tell their story. And I don't really care. You want to tell your story and you want to pay me $5,000? I'll tell your story. Exactly. And, and, then, and then we'll market you. Because I have somebody who's who's just finished her book, and it's about the hell she went through with her husband, and how she, and and it was really and and her family and religion and, and it was just I read this book and I'm going oh my god it's amazing this woman's still alive, mm. and now she's using all that experience to help people who are in similar situations, which are heal. a lot, which yeah there are a lot, yes yeah there are a lot, and and so she. But but her story is inviting people into her mindset, into her life, so she can come into their life to help them out of where they are to where they would like to go. Well, and in that case too, you would need you need the story because you can't just do fifteen simple steps to get away from your abusive husband. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, there's this there's this idea right there. <laughs> oh. The itty bitty get away from your abusive husband book. <laughs> oh, okay. We're not making light of this as at all, but my goodness, um, yes. Okay, so that's why the story was important, obviously, right? So that you draw the listener in. But I, I'm also, I'm kind of with the the mindset too with your sister. I like, you know, and it's maybe it's our the social media uh, media itis that we have, where you know we. We're so busy. We've got so many things going on. And we do absorb or consume information in smaller and smaller bites um, and, and quick. And, uh, and, and I do like the, and I also like the idea that, um, that because it's the itty bitty book too, it can be, I feel a f- sense of accomplishment when I finish a book. And when it's a 300 or 400 page book, I'm not going to get through that thing. <laughs> and then I always feel like there's something that just been, has not been finished. And I like to cross things off my list. Do you, are you a lister? I'm so much fun reading itty bitty books because 20 minutes, check. 20 minutes, <laughs> check. What, what, we lo- what we looked at 
was the dummies books. And dummies books are 350 pages you have to read with a yellow highlighter. Yes. And itty bitty books of the yellow highlights. And the paper on those on those dummy books is kind of funky too. What's up with that? Cheap. <laughs> it's yeah. Cheap. It's cheap, I know. <laughs> well, we we don't we don't we don't do cheap. We do whatever um what now we're working with KDP and Ingram Spark. So it's 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 a it's a fascinating business. Now I would, I need to tell you the way my sister came to understand publishing. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm 75 now. My sister's going to be 80. This is maybe eight years ago. So she was about 72, 73. My sister has been a writer forever. And she's written a gazillion books, not that many, but many, and never published them and didn't know how to do it and was frustrated. And she's talking to a friend of hers who said, you know, I have a friend who writes smut. She writes 2,500 to 3,000 words short stories. She puts them up online. She makes about three or $400 a month. And my sister said, self, I can do that. I can write smut. I can write smut. So she started writing stories, smut stories. At 72? At 72. Oh, God, I love it. And she said, Susie, I'm writing about stuff I don't even know anything about. <laughs> and she's so funny. She she loved creating characters like she had the naughty nun mm-hmm. and the, the something governess. And, and, and she loved the stories, the, 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 the characters. She said, the only boring part is the smut. <laughs> she said, that's, it's just the same old stuff over and over again. It's just different characters, different places and stuff. And then she called me. And, and now she's learning the back end of publishing. Yeah. So, you know, getting up and up on Kindle and Ashwords and Kobo and D2D and I, I, she, it, there are different platforms and she learned how to do that so that she could get her books up. Wow. She, and, she learned how to do that at 72. Yeah. My, yeah. Brilliant. My, my, she's still learning and she's almost 80. And, uh, but she doesn't write smut anymore. She said, God, it's so boring. <laughs> and, Itty Bitty came along just when she was leaving the smut arena. But she knew how to do the back end. And if you don't know how to do the back end, you can't publish. No, you're, you're right. And and the technology and things change. And there's new ways of, of getting that information out, right? And, and distributing yes. it. Yeah. And you should hear her when she has to, when somebody changes something. She said, it worked. It used to work. Why did they have to change it? Now I have to learn a whole new system. She's so funny. She gets so angry. I said, it's just the way it is. They think they keep, they keep making something better, even though it's fine the way it is. I yes. Yes. But because she learned how to do the back end, writing smut, you should have seen Craig when I introduced my sister <laughs> to the group and we introduced Itty Bitty and I introduced my sister and she said something and, it, and her time was up and she said, and I write smut. <laughs> and the entire mastermind group and Craig, Craig was on stage. Everybody turned and went, what? And then Craig said, you cannot sit down. <laughs> you cannot. You have to tell us. So she told the room and it was, it was funny. She said that it, it, it they would, she couldn't get out of the room to go to the ladies' room 
because too many people were coming up to her and asking her to tell them about it. It was really fun. And uh, and I used to t- tell her, tell her I, I don't tell don't tell anybody. Don't use my name. Don't because I'm supposed to be this famous person. I tell everybody now. <laughs> Little sibling, I love that sibling relationship that you have with her. What a joy, though that that not only not only are you helping all of the you know uh, all of these amazing people get their work out and and um, and elevate them to becoming best selling authors, but then you also get to work with your sister, who you who obviously you like. <laughs> you know, I really do. I mean, she's probably the most brilliant person I know. Oh wow! And 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 I know a lot of very very smart people, but the, the, her mind is. It's so far out there, and I don't mean out there woo-woo. I mean in terms of ideas, and we have fascinating conversations you seem when we're to talking be, to each other. You, you seem to be a like a creating machine. Like, a, like a, I mean, the two of you, I, could, I would love to be a fly on the wall on just a, a regular conversation, or if you guys are just sitting around having lunch, the stuff that comes out of your mouths, I would I would love to hear. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary, and we have a. It was funny. We were we have a language of our own that we didn't know we had, and uh, my cousin was visiting was a number of years ago when we we shared an apartment for a while, and my cousin was visiting, and we were standing in the hallway, and my sister and I were having a conversation, and she said, "Yep, over," and I went, "Uh huh, here," and my cousin is going looking at my sister, looking at me, looking at my sister, looking at me. She said, "Hold it." I know a very important conversation just occurred between the two of you, but I haven't got the vaguest idea what you two just said. And it, it didn't occur to us that we weren't talking in full sentences. Yeah. Well, we've been doing this a long time. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's a I see a book. You know, I of course I see a book about the two of you as well. <laughs> it's it's, it's well, that's found. interesting. I never thought of that. That could be a fun book. Oh my goodness! Of course. Are you kidding? And we didn't talk to each other for fifteen years. Oh oh. We had a big fight. Oh. Was it over over men or money? Um, my ex husband uh, was not a very nice man. Hmm. And we had a we my sister and I had a fight due to something, and it was just better for us not to talk to each other. So after I divorced him, uh, she lived in Vermont, and I had a painting that belonged to her, that my uncle. This is <laughs> I'm giving you some really really um, behind it's, the scenes. It's stuff. only it's only you, me, and the listeners of Out of the Box of Christine. World. So, <laughs> My uncle really didn't like my sister, so he gave me a painting that belonged to her. And I, of course, was not talking to her at the time, so I took it. And um, and then I'm looking at it one day, and I thought, that does not belong to me. Mm, right. And I went up to Vermont, where my uh, uncle um, inherited my grandparents' house. My sister lived down the road in Vermont, and I took the painting with me. And... Um, Friday or Saturday, whichever day I was there, I drove to her house. I knocked on her door, and I said, I think this belongs to you. And she said, thank you. Would you like to come in for coffee? And I said, sure. And in that moment, we became friends again. Wow. Wow. And it had been how long before you had talked to her? 
15 years. 15 years. Yeah. Can you imagine all of the itty bitty books you could have done if you would have not, if you would have. <laughs> we didn't have the skill set. I'm the just time. kidding. I'm I just kidding. Are. It was like a lob. That was a tennis lob up in the air. I had to take it. Um, folks, if you're just tuning in, my incredible, oh God, wonderful guest is Susie Pruden, and she is the co-founder of Itty Bitty Publishing. We have been talking about, of course, uh, how she how she got to this point in life and of course all of the wonderful itty bitty um books that are out um in in the world right now and and without giving too much away uh because I know that you've got a lot of stuff in the hopper so to speak um but you want to give our our listeners an idea of maybe some what what the world can expect from itty bitty publishing are there things that you want to do outside of what you have been doing? Because I know you're not you're not going to rest on your laurels, so to speak. Okay, so now I'll tell you, absolutely brilliant idea I had. I'm listening to my clients, and I say, why don't you, I tell them, you have a very unique, this is very funny, you have a very unique idea, and you have a system that you created why don't you certify people in your system, have them teach your system and pay you for the certification and become, in your industry, whatever it is, like the Pilates in fitness? Mm-hmm. And they say to me, well, what gives me the right to certify? I said, because it's your system. Oh, I love that. And I know, and they kind of look at me like, "Yes, but I don't have the certification." No, 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 silly. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, your system. It's, pardon me. It's, but you you nailed it on the head. It's your system. Yeah, I mean, Pilates didn't have a certification. To right, create a certification, a Pilates certification. I mean, Pilates was Pilates. Yes. Zumba is Zumba. I mean, it, it, it's so funny. <laughs> jazzercise is jazzercise. Dancercise is dancercise. And they all have certifications. But they didn't go to a, a place where they, it says... This is the official, the only certified... No? Right. Yeah, yeah. This is the certification program to certify what you know. That's why they have... I see these ads, too, on social media for... Um, become certified, let's say, uh, become a certified coach or yeah. life coach or consultant. But it's their certification for their uh, program. program. Yeah. So I've created a certification certification program. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> My brain just snapped. Wait, you created a certification Certification, certification program. So I certify people to certify their program. Oh my God, you're brilliant. And, and and it's like, oh, thank you. So you take them through the whole because yeah, because here's the thing. Let's say I've got a system, whatever it is, uh, X Y Z. I'm not going to know how to how to market that or how to make it a cert, you know, how to make it a certification. Right. You teach people how to do that. Yeah. And I, I made it, my sister and I made it up because we created a certification program for weight loss 
when I was in the weight loss industry. Right. It's our program. Right. And then we certified people to, to be, what would we call it, pounds off, pounds off certified practitioners and they could teach the pounds off program oh my god Susie then there's so many things that you could you could certify people with anybody who comes into me with a system that they made up can certify people in that system and then have people so it's 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 like Reiki it's like uh, NLP it's like hypnosis. It's it's like Pilates. It's like Zumba. It's like dance exercise. It becomes a tool in your toolbox. Yes. A really nice tool. A nice tool. And so if someone has something like cat really does know the cannabis industry. And if you're going to co- I mean people today especially really should get some coaching in how to use cannabis because it's very different than when I was 20 and 25 and smoking dope. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, it's, I had a, a hit from my stepdaughter, one, and I'm thinking, OMG, this is about two years ago. I said, this is different. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, thank you very much. I'm done. Yes, it's 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 grown very differently, um, but also the the CBD, you know, even just the CBD aspects, and without the THC, without any yeah. anything like that, there's so many different strains, and to become certified um, with that, then if you have your own products, then you can have that as a glowing, you know, added thing. But because there's, you know, there's 50 milligrams, what is a 50 milligram? What is this? What is a 500 milligram? You know, um, all of the, the, the benefits and, and everything, the health benefits, that would be very important to be certified in that, I would think. I think so too. That's why I told her to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and, God. And what I have to do now is is when I tell someone to do that and they're very successful, I should get a piece of the action because my ideas work. Well, that's the key. That's the key. Well, you have to you have to write that in somehow, Susie. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I am actually looking at it and trying to figure it out so it doesn't sound like I'm riding on their coattails. We're actually a, a team. Yes. Yeah. I and, oh, I and, like that. And 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 that's what I like. With my authors, it's like when Anthony called me earlier today. Um, he's the gentleman who's going off to Australia on Friday, and I mean, it, it's we had a we probably talked for forty five minutes, and I support him in whatever he's doing, and he supports me. And if I come up with an idea, I give it to him. And if he, what we've decided to do, because he's a brilliant sales coach, he said, Susie. Why don't we just create a day for the authors because they're not very good at selling stuff. And he said, why don't we just create a day? We, we don't have to charge very much, but just get them in the room and teach them how to sell. And we can just double team them because we both know how to sell. Yeah. Yes. And so I said, okay, when you get back from Australia, let's pick a date and let's do it. You see, it's a win-win. That's what I love. That's the best. And I think that is the revolutionary well, that's the revolution that needs to happen. This greedy model of I need to make as much money as I can and screw everybody else or at other people's cost or at the cost of the, you know, the environment or, 
or um, um, you know ripping ripping people off or things like that. When it's a win 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 model, yes. I th- I think that is the that is going to change the way. Well, it's going to change the way we do business. It's going to change the way we have relationships in work and and with each other, and it is going to elevate all of us. And and if we can elevate more people with us and say, hey. I don't. I don't want to just be successful on my own. I want to lift you up, and you lift yep. you lift your neighbor up, and you lift your your son-in-law up, and let's lift everybody up because yep. there's plenty. And that is where you, because you were you were studying metaphysical uh, concepts long before you know Deepak Chopra was you know writing books. But when you come from that space where. Uh, the intention is to lift everybody up, and you know that there is no scarcity. Yeah. That there's enough for everyone. There's more than enough. There's more than enough. Then yeah, the creativity. If you treat it right. Yes. Then the, well, then the creativity, then those creative juices flow like magic, right? Yeah, and it's so much fun. And it's so much fun to, to when, I'm, when I'm working with somebody and I get an idea and I give it to them and all of a sudden they get it. And they go, oh. <laughs> and then I could do this, couldn't I? I went, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I could, uh-huh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> When you see that light bulb bulb over their head, it's yeah. a beautiful moment. It's a beautiful moment, and it's so much fun. And 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 I just get a kick out of it. And and then and then I I'm not talking so fast, and I'm giving idea after idea after idea. And I said, I hope you're writing this down, and I can't stop. I'm sorry, I can't stop. Wow, what a what a beautiful life, <laughs> Susie Pruden. <laughs> Susie, um, we're almost out of time, and and I want to let our listeners know what's the best way if they, um, well, first of all, if they want to check out Itty Bitty Publishing, and and of course the work that you do. If they want to get in touch with you, if they want to also become a best-selling author, how do they get in touch with you? How best where do they go? Way is to, there's two ways. They can actually call me directly. I do answer my phone. Really? Yeah, you, I do. You want to give and, your number out? Yeah. If it's too much, I'll just. Get a new phone. There you go. <laughs> go ahead, girl. Throw up that phone number. It's 310-640-8885. We got to do that again. So, yeah. 310-640-8885. Okay. And that is a cell phone. And so you can text me, which is actually better because I, I sometimes miss my – I sometimes get so many calls that I don't see them. And do you have but a website? Do you have a website so people can check out the, uh, the yeah. next is itty I T T Y Bitty B I T T Y Publishing dot com. Itty Bitty Publishing dot com. Yeah. And if you want to write to me, it's Su- Susie S U Z Y at Itty Bitty Publishing. Um that will go to Donna, who will send it to me. And if you want to, uh, you can send me a note on the, there's a there's a part on the front page that says, if you want more information, put your information in here and I'll call you. You uh, are wonderful. Oh my gosh. I, we, you know what, Susie, too, and the time went by so fast and we only have an hour. Um, but can I have you, can, would you come back on the show uh, at another time and we can, because we could talk about we can t- first of all we could talk forever and we could talk about specific things and get really in detail yeah, but i would to. i would love 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 to have you back on um absolutely 
My guest again has been Susie Pruden. She is the co-founder of Itty Bitty Publishing. And again, you can get more information by going to Itty Bitty Publishing.com. She threw out her phone number, which is like so fantastic that you, um, you're going to have a phone number for her. It's 310-640-8885. And um, uh, we want to re- remind people too that this show, if there's some, if this is not just for you, uh, but if this is something that you think would be amazing, an amazing opportunity for uh, for a family member, for a friend, uh, please do share this program with them. You can do that by uh, by just sharing the YouTube video. Also, you can subscribe to the show uh, as well by going to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, Breaker, Stitcher. It's all available there if you want to make sure that you never miss an episode of Out of the Box with Christine. But I want to thank you again, Susie, so much for the work that you that you do and um, for, for um, all these itty-bitty books and best-selling authors that they are. Thank you so much for the work that you do, and, and I hope you have many, many years of continued success. Thank you. I'm having fun. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> all right, listeners, thanks so much again. And remember to tune in next week for another show. And as always, uh, remember to stay outside of that box. Bye for now. <laughs>